Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is The Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to The Good News Show, an hour to talk about all the good stuff happening here in North Texas in the local Catholic world. Uh, I'm Dave Palmer. Glad you're with us, along with Cecil Anderson and Diane Xavier. Can you tell I'm talking fast? I, I got a lot in in just about 30 seconds oh, cool. there. So, uh, well, good afternoon. How y'all doing? Good. As if we haven't, like, spoken... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just seeing you uh, all for actually, the first time I, today. I think we should let everyone in on a secret that we don't actually speak to each other at all on Monday morning until we come to this yeah. moment, just so we can have the most raw reaction. Yeah, so that know? when I say, hey, how y'all doing? It can sound yeah, more more genuine. Yeah. All right, uh, so you guys have heard of speed dating? Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is that's nothing. I'm really concerned. Uh, no, 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 no. This is going to be speed PSAing. Got it. Got okay, it. Okay. I, yeah, it's nothing to do with dating. So don't, don't be worried. I mean, <laughs> I've been talking to two single ladies. I, I shouldn't say. be talking about speed dating. Uh, but no, this is going to be P- speed PSAing because awesome. uh, at 10 after uh, the hour, we are going to be joined by Greg and Julie Alexander uh, from the Alexander House. They have a retreat coming up this weekend. I won't tell you anything else because, uh, hey, when you're speed PSAing, you got to hurry along. And then the bottom of the hour, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford is, uh, he actually pre-recorded this, but his guest on the UD segment of the Good News Show is none other than Bishop Greg Kelly. And so it's pre-recorded. They got a big thing going on, Diane. It's next Friday, right? Yes. Uh, they're going to consecrate the, the campus, University of Dallas campus. To Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh, wow. Three o'clock next Friday. <laughs> Even Diane's talking really fast. <laughs> <Everyone's just> like, <laughs> I feel like we're trying to fit a 30-second PSA into right. 20 seconds over here. <laughs> yeah, so a lot going on. Well, it's, it's because this is, you know, a two or three times a year, it seems like there's a weekend where everything gets packed in. Indeed. Remember last year, it was December 4th and 5th. Oh, yes, that's right. There were so many, like, and Advent every, events Everybody, happening. Everybody was picking that first weekend in December to do all their Advent stuff, and it was crazy. And then this coming weekend, I don't know what the significance of this weekend is, but everybody seems to. Maybe it's just because April's going and, you know, May is starting. So this uh, weekend, obviously, is the last uh uh, day of April on the 30th, and there's a lot going on. So let me start by telling you about those things. Before that, though, tomorrow night, and I don't know if you can still get tickets for this, I am going to be emceeing the Noche de Gracias event uh, for Casada High School. I, this, this little school in Fort Worth uh, just has a, a, a place in my heart because uh, being the father of a special needs uh, boy, uh, they, they just they cater to, to, to children, high school uh, kids who have special circumstances, not necessarily special needs. It's not all, you know, autism or things like that, but uh, just, you know, kids who have difficult, circum- challenging circumstances. And so they've got an event tomorrow night at Joe T. Garcia's in downtown Fort Worth. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Oh, man. So you've never nice. been there either, have you? I've never, but you talk about it a lot. I really yeah, need to. Big, big patio, just absolutely beautiful. I mean, you've, you've got to go just to see the patio out there. Uh, I think it's going to be an outdoor event. I think we'll be out in the patio. So you can go to casadahs.org and see if you can still get tickets. But that is going to be great, and it's a great benefit. And I'll be there as the MC. All right, Saturday morning, it's the men's conference, and it's at St. Anne's Parish in Capel. And I have tickets to give away uh, on this show to Ooh. the men's conference. And oh, so wow. if you're a man 
And well, you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that quickly is Yeah, that's right. Uh, you do not qualify. Uh, and so if you, if you want to go to this conference, I have some tickets. Uh, all you got to do is email me or text me uh, by the end of the show and just say, hey, I want to get tickets. I'll, I, tell me how many you want. Okay, and I'll you know I'll let I'll let you know if I run out of them. But right now I've got some tickets for this. If you're a woman and you think your husband or son wants to go, basically eighteen and over. Although men can bring their sixteen year old son, sixteen, seventeen, and you know you can bring your you know sixty year old son if you want to. Uh, Sixty, not not six. Um, uh, and so uh, e- email me Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. It's the Perseverance in Faith Catholic Men's Conference this Saturday, April 30th, beginning at uh, basically a mass at 8. The event starts at 9, and it's over by 3.30. So you still get go home and mow the yard and do whatever work you need to do. It's not the whole day. It's uh, the morning and the afternoon hours. Uh, Annie Hickman, Father Edwin Leonard, Terry Barber, Dave Moore. I'm going to be the MC, uh, as I mentioned. Looking forward to this. St. Anne's Parish and Capel, they could fit a thousand guys in that in that church. Uh, so if you want to go, email me right away, uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. If you prefer text, you can do that, 972-757-2990, 972-757-2990. So uh, would love to see you there. If you don't have your tickets yet and you want to take advantage of some uh, complimentary tickets, thanks to the leadership team of the uh, men's conference this Saturday at St. Anne's Capel. Uh, email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. All right, there's also the CPLC dinner this Saturday night, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going. You're going. You are representing the GRN that night. (laughs) Yeah, Paul and I will tell you all about it on on Monday. But uh, this is a great event as well. Of course, it's a benefit for the Catholic pro-life community. And uh, they are going to have uh, several uh, people there as well as I waste time as I flip through my notes here. <laughs> so you can't even tell that I'm buying time, can No, you? not at all. Not the rustling sound of the, of the papers or anything. <laughs> can I tell? I can tell you some of the guest speakers. Okay, oh. let's, let's put Diane on the spot. Without notes, Dave, tell, tell us all the speakers. Dave Moore, a very popular musician. Yeah. Not only in North Texas, but around the, you know, in the country. All right. Uh, Bishop... Okay, I'm going to get his name wrong. Uh, uh, Joseph Nauman. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joseph. Yeah, can't have, Archbishop? We can't have any pauses when we're doing speed I just realized that you all are struggling over here. I actually have, like, I can Jamie pull up the Thiemes. website, you know. <laughs> I, was just, I just really enjoyed listening to you all, and I was like, oh, I have a computer in front of me. Yeah. Yes, Jamie Teton is Jamie coming. Jamie Teton, yes. Uh, Dave Moore, and Archbishop Joseph Nauman. Yeah, Norman. Okay, there you Norman. go. Okay, he's the 11th last bishop last of the Archdiocese. And both of- Bishop Burns and Bishop Olson will be there. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. That's so, what I was told by uh, Joe. Oh, that, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, Very that, that's awesome. Don't forget also, speaking of bishops, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland will be our speaker. Uh, I wish we should have had our little spot queued up. That, uh, oh, that's we'll kind, kind of a fun quick. spot. It's like, <laughs> sure. Buy me some time, Dave. Yeah, Buy me time. Diane has confidence in you, All right, so the event, uh, our, our uh, event is July 21st. Tickets are going to go on sale very, very soon, probably in the next couple of days as I look at Cecil because she, she pretty just much holds talking. the key to when just, our just, tickets go on sale because just, we got to get a few oh, things yeah, set up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, July 21st. Uh, it's going to be at the Frontiers of Flight Museum, and we have a committee meeting tomorrow, so a lot of things are still uh, to be determined by that. But uh, and, and by the way, I'm sure you can probably still get tickets to the CPLC event, ProLifeDallas.org. Yes, it appears so. I'm on the website, yes. Okay, ProLifeDallas.org. And then uh, do you want to play that spot real quick? Yes, I okay, can. Okay, here, here's our spot. Uh, that's running for our uh, Summer Speaker Series event. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to the KTH 910 AM Game Show. Our contestant today is Cecil Anderson. Are you ready, Cecil? Yes. What is the name of the annual KTH fundraising event? Oh, the Summer Speaker Series. When is this year's event? Thursday, July 21st. Where will it be? The Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas. Last question and your chance to remain perfect. Are tickets on sale yet? Yes. No? But they will be soon at SummerSpeakerSeries.com. Congratulations! And we have an outstanding speaker, Bishop Joseph Strickland. You know, I thought, I, thought, <laughs> I love how the crowd's like, oh, and they only like, oh. Very engaged audience. <laughs> I know. And, uh, but you know, it's actually going to be a great talk. We think he's going to be talking about spiritual warfare, engaging in battle. So it's actually going to be, you know, a serious topic. But, you know, we're making light of it because it's a fun event also. But, uh, Anyways, uh, YCP yes. weekend, you want to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. The Young Catholic Professionals National Conference is happening this weekend. Also, again, popular weekend. I Will Be Done is the theme, and it's going to be happening in Frisco. Uh, they're completely sold out, Dave. Oh, I was really? just checking their okay. website. Last I had heard, like a few days ago, they still had a few gala tickets left, but they're completely sold out now. Well, but, I won't buy my ticket Yeah, then. and it's gone daily and a dollar short um they um we're in frisco is it it's at the hyatt uh, Hyatt. in frisco yes um so it'll be very exciting i will be attending the whole weekend along with my sister and so i'll be able to report back next week about the experience and also dave you and i on uh, friday the first day of the conference before it officially starts a couple hours before it starts from noon to 1 p.m we're going to be broadcasting live from the hyatt in frisco i'm gonna sneak my way in yeah you found a way stay the whole weekend i'm (laughs) not even. You found you're like I am yeah. back to the father. Yeah, yeah back to the father's the thing. I guess oh, we have yeah. to be back That's for a yeah. show. Yeah. Eh, so Jonathan know. will take. Over. Yeah, Jonathan, yeah. Will Jonathan. Run. he wants to run the show anyway. So yeah, we will be broadcasting. Get to talk to some of the other people because it's great. Because YCP started here, but it's across the nation and yeah. it's growing very fast yeah. all the time. So we're gonna talk to people from Chicago, some leaders from all over the country, and gets. If you're not familiar with Young Catholic Professionals and what they're doing, that's a great hour to tune in this I bet Friday. In fact, it's growing so fast. I bet just in the time that you d- you mentioned how fast they're growing, they probably they added, just add another they chapter. Add another so. And they probably just added another one, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All because of our show, too, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) And us mentioning them. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we're going to get Greg and Julie on the line. But uh, let me tell you a few other things. I got a call just about uh, 30 minutes ago from a lady asking about a movie that we are promoting on the air. And I said, and she said, it's like a one-night showing of a movie tonight. And I said, I don't know about that. And so I did a little digging. I went online. And sure enough, there's a movie about the Eucharist that's airing tonight. Uh, Well, it's showing tonight at three theaters, at least in Dallas. There may be others, but I only looked up Dallas. I apologize, Fort Worth and Plano and everybody else, but it's called Alive Who Is There? And it traces the story of five people who came face-to-face with the Eucharist. Okay, I don't know that much about it, other than I think it's a Eucharistic movie, and um, and so anyways, ch- check it out if you want. A lady said she heard something about it on Catholic Radio. All right, other things going on. Immaculate Conception Parish in Grand Prairie is having a spring festival, May 1st, 9 to 9. Uh, family fun, live music, car raffle, food and games. Uh, the Knights of Columbus of Greenville, Council 74338, are going to hold their Mayfest event on the 21st of May from 11 to 7. And it's held at the Knights of Columbus Hall on Sunset Strip in Greenville, Texas. Isn't that cool? Sunset yeah. Strip. Uh, music, a raffle, uh, lots of items, bounce houses. 
Man, they had me at bounce houses. I left when you all were talking about a Eucharistic movie, and I came back to bounce houses, and I'm full. <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> from the from the sublime to the ridiculous, right? Well, I'm just confused. Are these the same event? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. I, so, For the benefit so, did, of the radio, I, not, I was caught making a phone call. Did I not call. tell you that we're doing speed PSAing? <laughs> yes. I mean, come on. Uh, when you well, speed to be fair, PSA, we weren't being that fast earlier, so I thought yeah, we were right. still on no, 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 there's, uh, there's some movie called alive who was there got it and uh, you know I, a lady called me and said she heard it on catholic radio i looked it up i, I don't know a lot about it i probably shouldn't be speaking a whole lot cause I, <laughs> um, but i just you can you can check it out and if it looks like something but worth bounce your house while, is not included yeah, yeah bounce houses are not included <laughs> no and then uh good shepherd catholic uh, parish in colleyville is going to have a big uh yard sale garage sale Ooh. at their parish in Colleyville, 20th and 21st of may so we still have some time for that and uh, fort worth they're having their diaconate ordination i think yes, in, they are in may in two mm-hmm. weeks so yeah yeah okay all right so that'll do it for all the fun stuff going on in the metroplex over the next uh a couple of months but again this is a big week a lot going on uh, this week as well. So let me uh, bring in our guests for this segment, uh, Greg and Julie Alexander. They probably need no introduction because you hear them often, especially on Teresa Tamio's show. In the morning, they ha- they started and run the Alexander House in San Antonio, and they are coming to North Texas for a married couple's weekend uh, this weekend. <laughs> a lot going on this weekend, April 29th to May 1st. Okay, and it's going to be at the Nazareth Retreat Center in Grand Prairie, Texas. And uh, this is uh, one last push. If you are in a, a good marriage, a great marriage, or a struggling marriage, I think this would uh, be a great benefit for you. So, Greg and Julie, welcome. Thanks for being on the show with me today. Hey, it's great to be on, Dave. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so you guys have a little studio set up there at your house, don't you? Because you do so many of these interviews. Is that uh, is that where you are? Uh, yeah, actually, actually, yeah, we actually have purchased a property here, two and a half acres, Dave, in Bulverde, Texas, just outside of San Antonio. And so we actually have a studio set up in our new office. Oh, wow, wow. Now, is that uh, on the premises of the Alexander House? Are y'all living, is it all kind of together there? Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, it, it, it's all together. You know, it's funny, people keep asking that. They, they're like, well, what are you going to call this new property? It's like, well, it's the Alexander House. <laughs> you know, going back 23 years ago, part of the reason for putting house in the name Alexander House is that we had hoped to one day have a physical place, maybe to resembling a house, but to be able to operate out of. So it's taken us 23 years, but but now we have the Alexander House. Uh, finally, yeah. yeah and uh, put a .org at the end of that, and you'll have uh, their website as well. Uh, and I'm so excited that you guys are coming to North Texas this weekend. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, Julie, let, let me bring you in. Uh, I remember last year when Father Ricardo was coming to town, and uh, Alexander House and GRN were so blessed to have him like on the same week. And I remember at that time, you guys were having a big event because there was so much happening, and you guys had the new property, which is, I think, what Greg was talking about. Uh, what, tell, tell us a little bit more about uh, what's happening overall with the Alexander House, because I know it's been a, a, a wonderful last you know, a year or two of developing and growing. So well, what's the latest? Yeah, the latest is it's amazing. It's 11 months, literally, we, we found this property and we've been looking, as Greg said, for 23 years, but we found this property and it was very close to our home. 
10 and a half acres, but what was so cool about it, Dave, is it had all the existing buildings on it and all we've had to do thus far is to remodel, paint a little bit, but we've had people come and help with everything. So we are blown away. We have our offices now here. We have a coffee house. We have St. Joseph's Workshop where we're going to host our workshops. And it just blows us away to how, how God is obviously needing this done because it, in 11 months we have done so much has been done, and the programs that we are going to offer are, again, marriage discipling, which we continue to do, our uh, Enjoy Your Marriage workshop. Um, we do uh, Raphael's Way, which is a post-abortive uh, healing and um, uh, healing and reconciliation retreat that we've done. There's just so much that's being done here. Um, Canaanites is something else where we come together and have the community come together for prayer and um, and just just a community building place where we can come. And our, our event that we had last night, we had our, our Saturday, it was Divine Mercy Family Celebration where we had Father Ken Geraci from the Fathers of Mercy here. And he came and there was over 100 people. They brought picnic, they brought their coolers, they brought their lawn chairs, their blankets. And we did a Divine Mercy talk from Father Ken and then we ended with a Divine Mercy Chaplet and, and song. And Oh my goodness, we were just blown away that God has brought us to this point. We were in tears thinking that, wow, it was an uphill battle to get here, but we're here. And this is the, what greater thing could we do than to have that being one of our biggest events? Yeah, praise God for that. You know, I'm thinking as you both are talking about all that's going on and the, the 20 years of preparation for what's happening now. Yeah, so much going on. And I'm kind of surprised that you even have time to leave there and come here. But Greg, well, what brought this on? And uh, is this is this kind of unusual for y'all to be doing traveling? Uh, yeah, it's unusual. In fact, going back before COVID, we had this date set. And uh, of course, we, we honor the sisters. We love the sisters and what they're doing. They've been praying for us for years. So uh, this is the one single event that we're actually leaving to do uh, this year. Uh, I was I was talking with um, Guadalupe Radio here, Sean and Richard, saying that, you know, we used to be presenters. Now we're transforming into hosts. So yeah. <laughs> we provide the place for other people to come do now. So it's quite, quite lovely. But we're really looking forward to heading back to North Texas. It's been a while since we've been up that way. Yeah. And as you know, Sister Sister Mary Louise's voice, how do you say no to her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and have you all been to this retreat had this retreat center before? It's 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 quite uh it's quite beautiful and it's an amazing group of sisters there, those Nazareth retreats and the uh, what do they call the uh our, our, the sisters of our uh, Cecil, help me here. Uh, the, the Holy Family of Nazareth. I think it's the Holy Family of Nazareth. Yeah, sisters. the sisters of the Holy Family of Nazareth, right? So, um, it's it's described in the the literature that I have, Julie, as a, a down home retreat. <laughs> well, what does that mean, and what will y'all be doing over these two or three days? Yeah, what's beautiful about what God has given us, uh, Dave, that we've been so appreciative is, is and I'll, I'll just give props to my husband. He's amazing at this. Is Yes, we teach what the church teaches and God's plan for marriage and all through the, everything that we give, but mostly and especially is practical tools to how to live it out. Because, you know, so many times we, we're talked at our whole lives growing up as Catholics and people, great, that was a great talk. But how do you implement that into your daily life? And I tell you, there's been thousands and thousands and thousands of couples that we've presented this to. And I, I love how you presented it at first, where whether you're in a good marriage, 
beginning marriage, a marriage that's been, you know, a seasoned marriage, or even a struggling, troubled marriage. This information is good for all marriages. It's because it's a, it's an almost new. It's nothing's new under the sun because it's all God's plan. But a lot of times, it's the first time couples have ever had the understanding or experience of even hearing this message. Yeah, you know, I saw, uh, I heard you say one time, Julie, about how this is sometimes something that people put off. You know, they'll, they'll fix up their house, they'll, you know, run the kids to their, their games, they'll do a, a thousand and one things, but helping their marriage for some reason seems to be something that people uh, are willing to either delay or not do at all. And it's kind of sad, isn't it? Oh, it's very sad, Dave. In fact, many of the couples that come see us when their marriage is in trouble, uh, I want to say it's 90% of the people that we see. And, and you know or have to know that the marriage just didn't end up in a bad spot overnight. It's been happening for some time. And even with that, couples still put it off, put it off until one or the other is filing for divorce or had already visited the attorney's office. And so we, we like to suggest to couples that why not think about it from a preventative standpoint and do things for your marriage before it gets in trouble and uh, to keep it where it needs to be. You know, in our society, we have continuing education for all the vocations, whether you're a doctor or an attorney, a priest, deacon. And every year they have this continuing education that they have to satisfy so that they can remain proficient in their in their skills and in the job that they're called to do. Why do we why do we not do that for marriage? And we it's almost as if we act as if the I do at the altar should take us to death to us part. And mm. as you know, there's a whole lot of life to be lived between those two points. And and so we need to stay proficient in our jobs as husband and wives, mother and fathers, men and women, to be who and what God calls us to be for each other in this beautiful sacrament. And you mentioned uh, about COVID and how this is the first time y'all have been out or that, that you had scheduled this uh, back before the COVID time. Uh, can one of y'all speak about the impact, you know, every marriage is different, but the impact, generally speaking, that you're seeing that COVID has had on marriages, uh, uh, you know, maybe for good or for bad, but it, it certainly has impacted everybody's uh, relationships. How so? It absolutely has, and in a devastating way, because, boy, I tell you, the calls that we get now and have been getting, I would say that they're they're more stressful. They're more filled with, with anxiety and frustration and, and lots of hope, you know, and, and that's what our, our, the grace that God has given us, Dave. We are just so thankful and blessed that he's chosen us to do this work because it is our job to, to bring them back to a sense of hope, a sense of a semblance of there is oh it is okay we all have issues in marriage you're not alone but the thing is is what you've said earlier is we can't just brush everything under the rug and think it's going to go away it will it won't go away we have to deal with all the issues and it seems as though covid or this time in our in our in our culture in our life in this season of of time it's Everything is coming to the surface, but that's a good thing because God allows things to come to the surface so we can do something about it. Yeah, yeah if if I could, yeah, if I could jump in and echo that because yeah, we we had seen kind of a twofold um, response to that, if you will. One, when the lockdown was in place, couples were finding themselves locked down in homes where, in the past, work had been sort of an escape, if you will, and never really having to deal with the issues, but. They, with the advent of COVID, they found themselves in the home pretty much 24 hours a day and therefore having to deal with some of the realities that they were before able to escape from, 
which is one side. The other flip side is that couples started spending so much time together, they realized the opportunities they had to really focus on the marriage relationship as well. So, so again, we saw both good and bad in that situation. But, um, you know, and we're always here to help. So either, again, to make the, the good ones better or to help the bad ones in a bad spot become in a better place. Yeah. And maybe one of y'all can speak about the impact uh, on children when mom and dad are in a great, you know, marriage. No marriage is perfect, and every marriage has some disagreements and arguments and this and that. But it, it really trickles down to the entire family, the well-being of the kids. Uh, and I'm just thinking if, you know, even if uh, the parents are saying, gosh, we're too busy busy to do this. Uh, are you too busy for your kids? Because the kids will be the, the ones that benefit from this kind of retreat as well, won't they? Oh, they will absolutely benefit because that's what we say, that, that we are our children's marriage preparation. It doesn't start when they when you go to the church and have that 48-hour weekend or that, you know, the six to eight sponsor couple. We A dear, dear friend of ours, Layla Miller, wrote a book, Primal Loss, and it is specifically about that situation, about adult people that are adults now that were children when their parents divorced and the devastation of that, what it has done for their entire lives and what kids hold on to. We had a precious nun once tell us that what you two are doing is so important because when a couple lays down their cross and walks away from the pain and the struggle and doesn't do anything with it, the children are left to pick up that cross and carry it. Yeah. Can one of you kind of run through the, the times of this? It looks like it begins on Friday and goes through Sunday. So clearly it's an overnight retreat. Uh, the lodging, the cost, maybe um, some of the particulars, the nuts and bolts of it. Yes, Dave. So we start with Friday nights. And, and we love the fact because a lot of times we're doing this in a one-day Saturday event. And there's so much information we're trying to have to squeeze into that one day. So it's great to have this opportunity to start on a Friday night which typically we start with our testimony, giving our personal story, so that first of all, the couple can realize that they're not sitting in front of this holier-than-thou couple, trust me. And uh, so it gives them the opportunity to kind of build that rapport, enter some conversation, talking about, you know, the disposition of some of those who are there, what their marriage is in, and some of the things that they're having to contend with. And then we open up again Saturday morning, really delving right into God's plan for marriage. You know, it's amazing how many people that don't even know that God has a plan for the marriage relationship. Yes. And then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Go ahead. I, 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 go ahead. Oh, oh no, no. No, I heard you. I thought you had a comment on, on that one particular area. No, no. I, I was just, uh, just going to uh, give the website and that kind of thing and the information about buying tickets. But uh, I'll tell you, okay. I'll do that, and then uh, I apologize. And you can go ahead and wrap up uh, what you were going to say as well. But uh, Greg and Julie Alexander are my guests. They are the founders of the ever-growing Alexander House in San Antonio. Uh, I think he said Bolverde is where it is now. Uh, TheAlexanderHouse.org is their website. They have a married couples weekend retreat this weekend, so you don't have to wait forever for it to, to roll around. It's Friday through Sunday, April 29th through May 1st. And uh, for married couples looking to strengthen and restore their marriage relationship, uh, and you're going to learn practical ways to live out God's loving plan for each other and your marriage, it's at the Nazareth Retreat Center in Grand Prairie, uh, and you can go, uh, you can call 469-233-5547. 
or you can email info at nazarethretreats.org. Info at nazarethretreats.org. Okay. <laughs> Long interruption, Greg. I'm sorry. We're, we're down <laughs> oh, not, to, no, not a problem. Down to the last couple of minutes. Why don't I give each of you a, a minute or two to just kind of give your last uh, plug and push and encouragement uh, for folks to go ahead and sign up uh, for this retreat this weekend. Yeah, I guess maybe I'll close with this. You know, a lot of us get married in Catholic Church, and we have a, a sacrament. And many people, of course, know that sacraments dispense grace. What many people fail to understand that in order for us to be made available to the full abundance of grace that God has in this sacrament is that we have to be participating in the way in which God has created it to be. And so those are the areas that we're going to be covering this weekend, giving couples not only the intellectual knowledge, but the practical things to do to tap into the very grace of the sacrament that's going to allow them to, to live a happy, Christ-centered relationship. Yeah, and I'll just add to that is our, our marriage was based on the ways of the world. And when it got transformed, when Greg literally went to the source of the Catholic Church, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the, the Bible, Scripture, all these things that he started to learn and study. And he called me into the room today and said, no wonder we're messing it up. We don't even have a clue what God's plan for marriage is. Look at this stuff. He started to teach me and to help me understand. And he called me to say a prayer that day. And my life, my heart, everything was transformed on the day that my husband chose to do things God's way and to be a man after God's own heart and to become the leader in our home. It just absolutely, for the past 23 years, we've been sharing this with so many couples and the transformations have been so beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. And and to think that the folks who come out Friday night, we'll hear, I know, a longer uh, version of that whole testimony. I've heard it before, and uh, it is amazing. Like you said, Greg, it's you, know, you guys are not the, uh, you know, our marriage has always been perfect, and wouldn't you like to be like us? <laughs> uh, they, right. you know, they may, hopefully they want to be like you all are now, but hey, every marriage uh, continues to have struggles. But uh, I, I know I've heard it, and boy, it's amazing, God's grace. So uh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, thank you for your time today, uh, Greg and Julie Alexander. Again, if you'd like to sign up for this marriage retreat. Uh, it's not too late. It's going to be at the Nazareth Retreat Center this weekend, Friday through Friday evening through Sunday. And uh, just call the retreat center directly, 469-233-5547, or you can email info at nazarethretreats.org. Info at nazarethretreats.org if you want to find out more about Greg and Julie and their apostolate down in uh, Boverde in uh, South Texas, the Alexander House. TheAlexanderHouse.org. Wow, I think we covered it all, Greg and Julie. Thank, thanks so much. Great speaking with you. Oh, no problem. Thank you, Dave. And thanks, as always, for the support we get from Guadalupe Radio Network. Whether we're here at home or traveling abroad, you guys are awesome. So we, we really appreciate it, and thank you. Thank oh. you, and God bless you for what you do. All right. Thanks so much. Anytime. Uh, always happy to hear you, hear from you. And uh, again, that's going to be this weekend. Uh, let me. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to play uh, the segment from the University of Dallas. Dr. Jonathan Sanford uh, has done an interview with uh, Bishop Greg Kelly about the consecration of the United, University of Dallas campus to Our Lady Guadalupe the next Friday. It's going to be on May 6th. But let me just remind you that uh, among all the other things that are going on this weekend, and there is a lot, um, there is going to be a men's conference on Saturday morning, May 30th. And Annie Hickman and uh, F- uh, Father Edwin Leonard and Terry Barber and uh, just uh, uh, Dave Moore is going to be there as well, uh, providing music. And if you would like to go, I have uh, the opportunity to give away some tickets to this. Uh, all you have to do is email me, Dave Palmer at 
grnonline.com, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com, or you can text me, uh, 972-757-2990. It's this Saturday, so this will be my last opportunity to give tickets away. If you're a woman and you know your husband can go, uh, go ahead and email me and say, hey, sign up Fred or John or Bruce or whatever his name is. <laughs> and uh, and I'd love to get some tickets for your husband and, and a friend as well. Okay, so all men, uh, 18 and over, or you can bring your 16-year-old sons or older, uh, email me if you want to go. I can give you free tickets. Okay, complimentary tickets. Thanks to the leadership team of the men's conference. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Here now is... Oh, no, we'll take a break. One minute? Oh, well, whatever. However many minutes, Cecil wants to take a break. And then we'll come back and have our UD segment right after this. The DFW Conquest Ministry invites all fathers and sons to its spring campout on the weekend of Friday, April 22nd to Sunday, April 24th. The campout will be held at the Ascend Camp located on 5218 Kiwanis Road in Dallas. The annual father and son campout is open to fathers and their sons from ages 5 years or older. The event includes hiking, biking trails, pickup games, and bonfire. In addition, there will be daily mass, adoration, confessions, and spiritual direction. To purchase tickets, contact Father Michael Picard at 214-226-8524. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. Did you know that one in six men have been sexually abused? These men usually suffer in silence and struggle with feelings of shame, despair, anger, broken relationships, and more. If this is you or someone you know, take courage. Call us. This suffering can be brought to a healthy healing. Dawn of Mercy offers 10-week healing programs for men harmed by sexual abuse. A group for men in English starts April 27th. To find out more and to register for this healing group, call 469-613-3296 or email healing at dawnofmercy.org. Para Car Care is a proud sponsor of KATH 910AM. Here at Para Car Care, we are devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the Euless area, 817-685-2222. And for the North Richland Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at paracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Welcome back to the Good News Show. It is the fourth Monday of the month, and that means that uh, we're always very blessed to hear from uh, the University of Dallas. Their president, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, joins us uh, either by phone, like today, or in studio, oftentimes is the case as well. And today he has a very, very special guest to introduce you to. Dr. Sanford, uh, welcome. Thanks for being here, and uh, why don't you take it away? Well, thanks so much, Dave. And um, indeed, I have a, a truly special guest, our own auxiliary bishop, Bishop Gregory Kelly of the Diocese of Dallas. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bishop Kelly. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be on the program today. Thanks, uh, Dr. Sanford. Well, you you have had a very long relationship with the University of Dallas. You are an alumnus. You are um, you were a longtime uh, chaplain of the university and also rector of the Church of the Incarnation, and you are currently a trustee of the University of Dallas. Did, did I overlook any other associations that you have with the university? 
No, I mean, I, got, I have two degrees in the University of Dallas, uh, an undergraduate degree in philosophy, and then the graduate program was there at the time I went through Holy Trinity Seminary, so I also have the Masters of Divinity from the University Wonderful. of Dallas as well. Yeah. Good. Well, um, could you tell us a little bit about what drew you to the University of Dallas um, and, and uh, from whence you, you uh, originally hail? I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I was a student at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado, kind of looking for a direction for my life. And I actually heard about uh, Holy Trinity Seminary, and I applied to the seminary and was accepted there and then got sent to the University of Dallas, where I had had some cousins that had attended at that time. But, I mean, the University of Dallas is really a bonus. And, uh, you know, going from a public education to the education at the University of Dallas made me wish that I had gotten there two years before uh, yeah. because uh, I mean, just the, uh, the, the core curriculum classes that I was able to take, the philosophy courses that I just found to be just so enlightening and, you know, just it's like a whole different way of thinking for me. And then the theology program just built on that, um, you know, no. the graduate program. Well, that's wonderful. You know, one of the things that I would like us to focus on in our conversation today is the consecration of the University of Dallas to Our Lady of Guadalupe. On May 6th, we're going to have a formal consecration, and you are going to join Bishop Burns. Um, we're going to have a Eucharistic procession around uh, most of the campus, and then a, a formal consecration of the University to Our Lady. And um, I, I want to talk about some elements of that work because part of what we um, hope to uh, achieve, in addition to the most important thing, which is putting us into the arms of our lady um, as a university, is that this, this truly is a, a diocesan effort. Um, this University of Dallas is um, under the, uh, the aegis of the diocese. Bishop Burns is the chancellor of our board, and uh, we want um, this to be a, um, a moment that the whole diocese is able to celebrate. And, and uh, you've been involved in the, the, the formation, particularly the faith formation of our students. You still are insofar as, as you're, I know, living at the, the Holy Trinity Seminary on campus, where all of the men who are there are, are going through the education that we provide. But what do you consider the most important elements of uh, formation of students, not just seminarians, on uh, the campus of the University of Dallas? Yeah, I think one important element is really reflected in the name of the church, which in 1985, when it was dedicated, was dedicated as the Chapel of the Incarnation, now the Church of the Incarnation. But just the mystery of the Incarnation of the Divine Son of God becoming flesh, becoming human, and in, in some sense potentially sanctifying everything that goes into being uh, a human being, you know, body, mind, and spirit. And in seminary formation, they talk so often about you know, the need for just basic human formation for the young men, for spiritual formation, for intellectual formation, which the university excels in, uh, in particularly, and then also the pastoral formation, how to, you know, relate to people in ministerial and personal situations. And I think in some ways, 
um, you know, the university in a broader sense with the with the student body addresses those same things from from the university standpoint of really you know trying to develop the entire person, um, mm-hmm. not just the, the mind but the heart, the soul. Um, you know, to to live in this world as citizens of this world, but also to know that we're citizens of the of uh, of heaven, and that that's mm-hmm. our destiny. And I think the mystery of the incarnation also, you know, associates us very closely with uh, with Mary as the mother of God, as the one who said yes to that. And I think our consecration is is the desire to make the the same kind of wholehearted, full yes that she made, not just in the moment that Gabriel appeared to her, but in every moment of her life, which, you know, she was full of grace and is full of grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we have the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe on campus, and um, it, it's an official pilgrimage site as, as a shrine, and um, oftentimes students can be seen uh, praying around that shrine. In fact, we, we have a uh, a rosary said every day of the work week at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. What 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 is the difference between um, having a shrine on campus and consecrating the whole campus? Um, that's a good question. You know, because I was thinking about the the presence of an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe goes back to the middle 1980s. There is a a beautiful hand-painted image of that in the in the small chapel at the Church of the Incarnation, which was painted, I think, as a gift from uh, from the parents of a student who I think died in a car, car some kind of an accident back then. I don't remember the circumstances right offhand, but but uh, you know I think it's again saying it's not just a place on campus, but it's the whole campus, yeah. and uh, and so I think also you know the patroness of the universe of the um, of the diocese is, is Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's the name of our cathedral shrine. And, right. um, you know, we're getting ready with our synod process now, which is aimed at the 500th anniversary of uh, of her appearance at Tepeyac to Juan Diego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, our, our Lady of Guadalupe is, is not just the patroness of our diocese, but also of the Americas. And... Um, as somebody coming from from Colorado, um, I don't know if, if you had much exposure to Our Lady of Guadalupe. My my original um, home state is Indiana, and um, uh, Our Lady of Lords prominent there, um, and and other images of Our Lady. And it's it's really been since my my time in Texas, the last seven years, that that um, I've I've deepened um, my own devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, what what do you see as uh, the particular features of Our Lady of Guadalupe um, as compared to other appearances of Our Lady that that are um, really important for us to draw attention to at this time in um, in Dallas in in America um, and what what does she represent what what hope does she bring us? You know, first of all, I kind of had the same experience growing up in Colorado, and my parents are from the Midwest, uh, Iowa, and so our devotion, um, and that goes back several generations, my own family was very much to Our Lady Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, and I was not really that familiar with the image or the devotion of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I think that it's particularly important now, first of all, just the beauty of the face which comes, I mean, which has a divine source. It's not done by a human hand. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the beauty of the face is, um, 
is something which I think calls to mind that we have to respect the beauty of every human face. And also, mm-hmm. when she talks about, um, you know, that her her love and her desire for the, for all the people of this land at that time, there were no boundaries. And so it, it yeah. incorporates the entire, you know, continent of the Americas. And St. John Paul II wanted, you know, the time that um, they're doing this, the... Um, the um, the Synod on the Americas. It wasn't a synod. I can't think of the name, but he wanted mm-hmm. us to think of ourselves as one continent, one you know, the, as the Americas, and not as you know, North America, South America, Central America, but to be to think of ourselves as one people. And I mm-hmm. think she helps gather us as one people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She she does indeed, and and she also is is pregnant um, in in uh, the the image, right? And she she's. She's bearing the fruit of our Lord, and there's so many, so many miracles, of course, attached to um, um, the image itself. But uh, the the deepest miracle is is the conversion of of souls. So both the encouragement to to see um, the image of God in every human being, every human face, as as you just said, um, but also the 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 welcome embrace. Of um, uh, our our Lord through Mary, given to every every person an invitation to to turn their their not just their face but their hearts and their minds to uh, a closer union with our Lord. Yes, yes, and you know we we, we do so much planning, and we, and we have to we have to plan we have to try to say how do we best evangelize, and yet this this comes as a gift, you know out of. You know, who knows the heart of God or the heart of Mary for, you know, the people, especially for the suffering people. You know, to, I think it really calls to mind that we have to to be attentive to the sufferings of the, you know, as, as Jesus himself tells us, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me food. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And, you know, it speaks to the basic human suffering of, you know, the things that uh, every human being needs to to uphold their dignity. You know, you know when I think of the the context of the university proper, right? The the work that we're engaged in uh, principally is is one of education, and and are, are there are there ways in which thinking about Our Lady of Guadalupe and both the the universal um, um, effort that Our Lady of Guadalupe is engaged in, uh, one of, of unification on the one hand, um, but also the, the specificity of um, her her appearance, right, uh, appearing as as um, one with with um, uh, Saint Juan Diego's people, and uh, so there's it seems to me in her the union of both universality and and uh, particularity, and and I wonder are, are there ways that you think about the education. That we provide at the University of Dallas as drawing on those two, those two um, poles and their, their unification. Um, you know, and holding those in in balance and in tension, and, and sometimes there's a tension between the two. But you know that the uh, and maybe the uh, the incarnation speaks to that is that you know that the. Uh, the creation of the human person in the image and likeness of God has something common and universal, and yet it's always very, very specific to 
I mean, none of us are just a case or an instance of, but we're all an individual with a unique, I mean, we're, we're all a universe unto ourselves you know, in terms of our experience and thought and the depths of our personalities and minds and hearts. And I think maybe to help put people in touch with that depth, but then to, be, to help students also recognize that in every other person, in every other culture, as strange or as unknown as it may be, has that same, that same depth. Now, I thought, you know, one, it'd be wonderful to celebrate um, the 500th anniversary of, um, of the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe with a big procession with images of her appearance in every culture. Because you mm-hmm. could say she has, she has our face. She has our, she speaks our language. And, um, but if you, st- if you break that down, well, then that face is black, white, uh, and no different other colors. It's a, the language of every culture in the world. And so it, it has that kind of specific, specific, specificity and depth yeah. and yet a universality as well. Right, right. No, that's, that, that's a great way to put it. And, you know, there's a, a certain humility that is required of our students as they put themselves, say, before a, a major text, an author of the tradition, a, a certain humility that, that um, requires them to dig in and to be deferential to the particular arguments um, put forward in the text, let's say, or the, the narrative, if, if it's a work of literature or or um, nature herself, if, if it's in a, a science course, and, and um, being able to recognize what's unique and distinctive about this contribution to the tradition, and then pulling back from that and making connections to other texts, other scientific experiments, great works of art and literature, um, it seems to be has an element of, of that particularity on the one hand, and and the uh, universality on the other. And, and there's a real hope that is cultivated through that process of learning, uh, the hope to uh, be able to appreciate all that is um, um, put before us throughout our lives. When I think of our graduates leaving the University of Dallas, you know, that's just looking at it from an intellectual engagement point of view, but, but uh, there are so many other elements to a complete formation of the person. And when you think about those, those additional elements, say the, the um, uh, cultivation, not just of the intellectual virtues, but of the moral virtues and, and a further deepening of those gifts that we call the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, you know, what, how, how, how do we integrate those three classes of virtues what 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 what's the unifying theme as, as you understand it i think your word uh, humility first of all is to be able to stand before the book and to receive it on its own terms you know to try to understand the genius of the author or the sculptor or the you know whatever the work is and to try to understand it on its own terms before stepping back to criticize it or to compare it or to do something else with it. Um, and I think to, to recognize, you know, that, that these are all human works. So they all have the, you know, the, some human genius and they probably reflect some human brokenness also because original sin affects everything. So um, right. I think to, but to have the, uh, and I think the willingness to kind of stick with it and persevere and, and, uh, 
you know, be willing to, to kind of go through the basic disciplines of, of study and uh, reflection. But sometimes, you know, we're looking for the quick fix or the quick answer as opposed to, well, I, gotta, I have to think this through for myself and I have to try to understand what they're saying and I have to be willing to say I'm, sometimes I'm wrong and, uh, and also to try to find my own voice in the whole thing as well. Yeah, no, that's that that's um, exactly right. I think, and you know, when I when we think about our our lady and her her actual appearance, right? It, it, she she wasn't a ghost um, in, in her appearance to uh, say Juan Diego. Um, she was there herself, and the the anthropology that is at the root of a Catholic understanding of what it means to be a human person is that we are embodied beings. We're not, we're not spirits um, that happen to be attached to bodies. God made us to be body-soul composites together, functioning as one. And, and I think the very physicality of, say, the shrine on our campus or uh, the physicality of, of other images of Our Lady of Guadalupe are reminders of, of the Incarnation, of our Lord are reminders of the humanity of uh, Our Lady um, and reminders of our own embodied existence. And it seems to me that, that um, on the other side, when we think about challenges to a, a proper anthropology in our culture, um, at, at the root of that is a kind of what some philosophers call expressive individualism, that, that we're we're uh, possessed of a will, and, and our job is, is to live for ourselves and, and exercise our will as we see fit. And what you're describing when it comes to the integration of those virtues and the way in which we're able to take inspiration from Our Lady of Guadalupe is, no, to be a human being is to be embodied and, and to welcome others, whether it's in a classroom or um, um, those we serve through various ministries um, those we interact with on a daily basis at our places of work or in our families, these are real human beings. They're not just wills within an individual who are uh, living a kind of uh, atomized existence. Uh, but we're, we're actually, at, at the root of it, seeking to build up the body of Christ uh, through engaging with each other physically. Um, um, so I, I I don't know if if, if um, um, that's too much of a stretch, but I, I I see Our Lady of Guadalupe as as inviting us to recover a uh, a true anthropology. Right, I think so. And and, and she, uh, you know, where she shares fully body and soul in the resurrection, she can embody that in a way that uh, you know through history has shown forth um, as a beacon of hope for countless people. Yeah, yeah, and I think no, also to have a physical place to go um, on campus, you know, that's beautiful. That's uh, you know, it promotes gathering. That's uh, you know, it's, it's very public, but it's also a little bit apart. So you mm-hmm. have a little bit of kind of privacy to go and pray, and, and of course, leaf flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as uh, uh, putting putting your maybe it's always on your your. Uh, uh, auxiliary bishop hat um, um, in thinking about the Diocese of Dallas. How, how do you see this this devotion 
to Our Lady um, on campus in 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 the diocese and beyond, um, pro- promoting greater collaboration between the, the university and the diocese. I think this event here, you know, promotes that uh, collaboration. You know, it's something that we're doing together as, uh, and you know, the Bishop Burns as the Bishop of the Diocese and the Chancellor of the University, you know, connects that in his person. And I think that, uh, you know, how again do we, you know, as a as a local church, with, with this makeup, with this history, how do we best um, respond to the current time? And, and you know, the, the, the gospel has to be enculturated and preached to the people of this time and this place with this language, with these needs, and not just some abstract, um, you know, proclamation of the gospel. It has to be, you know, so it takes a lot of listening and it takes a lot of dialogue and trying to understand, you know, and the synod, the Bishop Burns called uh, for uh, last year, really is an effort to reflect on that question in a thorough, long-term way. How do we, you know, following this pandemic, but also in this culture, how do we best uh, preach the gospel and draw people to to the love of Christ? And, and Mary has been a beacon of that, and in particular, Lady Guadalupe for the for the the, the people of the Mexico, Mexican American, but for, for the whole for the whole uh, uh, all of the Americas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it it has been a uh, a great blessing to have you on the show. Bishop Kelly. Thank, thank you, Doc. Thank you, Dr. Sanford. I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for your work on behalf of the diocese and, and on behalf of the university, and we're truly blessed to have you as, as one of our shepherds. So thank you. And the same for you as president of the University of uh, Dallas. I'm very grateful for your, the, your work there and your stewardship of that important position. So thank you for your dedication to that. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. Okay. okay. Well, back to you, Dave. God bless. All right. We are back. And uh, that was the UD segment of the Good News Show. Thank you to Dr. Jonathan Sanford and also Bishop Greg Kelly as well for that segment. All right. We just have a couple of minutes to kind of wrap things up here. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show today. Don't forget about all the exciting things going on this uh, week and this weekend, especially with uh, tomorrow evening, the Casada Noche de Gracias event, benefiting Casada. Uh, high School in Fort Worth. I'll be emceeing that out at Joe T. Garcia's, so go to casadahs.org if you want to go to that. And then the YCP conference is going on this weekend, beginning Friday. We have a live remote at noon. Uh, we got the marriage retreat with Greg and Julie Alexander Friday to Sunday. We got the men's conference on Saturday, the CPLC dinner on Saturday evening. And uh, did I miss anything for this weekend? or is that Not that we need anything else. Oh, wait, Diane's mic is on. Uh, Did you say the marriage? Yeah, I mentioned that. Okay. Yeah, I mentioned the marriage conference. And uh, it's that, I, not that there needs to be more. Yeah, I think that's everything, the big stuff, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. And I had something in Lots my opening uh, notes. Uh, oh, yeah, so, Easter, an, an observation. Easter observation by Dave. All right. And, uh, mm, the floor is set. Yeah, my observation is is that during the season of Lent, people are, are often saying, how's your Lent going? How's your Lent going? You know, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Everybody's all concerned about Lent and what, you know, how that, but you never do that about Easter. No, it's not. You know, like, how, how's your Easter going, Diane? I mean, because I guess when you're it's a good ju- question. I mean, because we need to keep celebrating, keep, keep the joy uh, going, keep the joy going. So I'm going to ask y'all as we wrap up the show, how's okay. your Easter going? 
It's going pretty well. Last week was very busy. And so I think sometimes I had to like stop myself and be like, it's Easter still. And, you know, I, it's really cheesy, but like go and, and just like, oh, I need to go eat some candy or and do some, I know that sounds really bad but like yeah, you know what no, I mean like no, the yeah, idea seriously. of that you have to just like set the, in your head like remember that this is a joyful season especially like you're like you just got out of Lent and this is the time it's supposed to change because yeah. if we're supposed to change in the time of Lent we also should be changing in the time of Easter we actually talked about this in my young adult group we went around and asked everyone how, how if they had oh or so they, you are they, doing that yeah we had because yeah. well it was nice it's interesting you brought that up because we had to ask each other like how do you struggle with being joyful in the yeah, season of Easter? Yeah. It's almost like we, it's easier for us to kind of get like, uh, you know, the Lenten season, not that it's bad, but it's more like you're restricting yourself and you're disciplining yourself. And, uh, it's easier, I guess, for us to get into that than just to say, Hey, you know what? Let's celebrate. Let's, you know, be good to yourself. Have a glass of wine. Have a, <laughs> have a beer, you know. Just, and so, Diane, how about you? You having a good Easter so far? I think it's so. It's just very busy. So many projects going on, mm-hmm. and yeah. I know it's like headed toward the summer. But so many people are holding events, and yeah. you know, I write for the paper, and they're like, there's so many like nonprofits hosting their events.